So there's a Dhamma talk by Lumpucha where he uh, talked about how that which is dirty and that which is clean in the mind is found in the same place. The mind that's dirty and the mind that's clean are to be found in the same place. It's just like when we clean a house, the location that's dirty, when we scrub it or sweep it or clean it, it's in that exact same spot that cleanliness arises. So our minds are the same way. When moods and sense impressions enter the mind, then ignorance, craving, and attachment arise right there as well. So dirtiness arises in the mind. So we practice to know this as it happens, to know it in time, to have the path of sila, samadhi, and panya active in the mind. And when the path is in the mind, then dirtiness decreases and cleanliness arises uh, right there in the mind. So we train our minds to have mindfulness, to know often, uh, to let go often, then the mind becomes cleaner and cleaner. And sometimes Lung Pu Cha would teach uh, using this uh, statement that the kilesas, it's not that they're all gone, it's just that they can't uh, bother the mind anymore, they can't uh, disturb or do anything to the mind anymore. And this is the mind and the sense impressions separated from each other. So when we practice the Dhamma, we must have effort to train our minds and hearts to be firm in peacefulness and samadhi, to be within the rules and regulations of samadhi, of peacefulness. Because if we're not within the boundary of the rules of samadhi, then samadhi won't arise. And the rules, regulations of dhamma, we can call uh, dana, sila, and bhavana, generosity, virtue, and meditation. So whether it's in the dhamma, we have these rules and regulations, or in society, we need rules and regulations in order to not have conflict and trouble in society. So we see that these rules are important. And sometimes uh, individuals go outside of the boundaries of proper conduct, outside of these rules. And therefore when people gather together, they must uh, be careful of the moods and sense impressions in their mind. The mind can get agitated and disturbed and then won't become peaceful and a lack of peacefulness arises. And these rules in society or in family, whatever group we find ourselves, are important. You can call this uh, sila or virtue. So we train ourselves to be within the bounds of these rules well and to have carefulness as well. Because if we have these rules and regulations and discipline and then we cling to them, this will be the cause for suffering to arise. So whether we're a Dhamma practitioner or a manager of some type, we need to, we feel that we need to have things uh, to be orderly and even and balanced. And if things aren't orderly, then we'll have 
clinging arise and will give rise to suffering. So we have to be careful with this and practice restraint, train our minds to contemplate continuously and to practice letting go. Because sometimes the views amongst individuals are not the same, this can lead to conflict. There was one occasion where Umpucha sent a monk to central Thailand. He sent him from the main monastery of Wat Nongpapong in northeast Thailand. And he sent this monk to spend the rains retreat at a monastery in central Thailand. And this monk uh, got into a conflict about some uh, view or another. And he was arguing and it was about something found in the books or texts. And he, would, and he was speaking uh, louder and louder. Because when he was with Lumpu Cha, he would have more mindfulness, but he went to another location, so his mindfulness decreased. And he was a Ajahn as well, he was a senior monk. He was a disciple of Lumpu Cha, but he, on this occasion, lacked mindfulness uh, due to the clinging in his mind. He had these views that his views were correct and they weren't incorrect and they were correct according to the books as well. So this uh, disciple getting into conflict was wrong in two ways. And Lumpu Cha, he, uh, he didn't critique the disciple for raising his voice like this, but instead Lumpu Cha spoke in terms of Dhamma. He gave an example, a story from the Zen tradition where there were two disciples of a Zen master who got into a conflict about a flag uh, flapping in the wind. And one disciple said, well, the flag is moving because of the wind. And the other disciple said, well, no, the flag is moving because of the flag. And they couldn't resolve this dispute. They kept arguing about it, uh, and there was no end to this problem. So they kept arguing and arguing. But for Dhamma practitioners, they need to have the mindfulness to contemplate that there's really no flag and there's no wind either. And this is what the Zen, their Zen teacher said in the story, and this brought an end to the problem. So we can consider the meaning to be there's no me, there's no you, there's no self to be found, and problems end right here. Emptiness arises right here. So the senior monk disciple of Lumpu Cha, he listened to this teaching from Lumpu Cha, and he listened well, and he was able to give rise to understanding in his mind and to put down his views in conceit and then give rise to qualities of respect and humbleness in his heart. So we see that this Dhamma is very important when we gather together in groups or communities. And for laity as well, living in society, uh, they need to have Dhamma as well. They need to have loving kindness for one another, have compassion, sympathetic joy and equanimity. And to recollect that we're all companions in old age, companions in sickness, 
companions in death. We're all brothers and sisters and relatives in this. And for those that are monastics that have ordained in the Buddha's dispensation, no matter what nationality they are, no matter where they come from, they're all uh, Sakyan sons or Sakyan daughters, children of the uh, Sakyan, which is the Buddha. The Buddha is the, the leader, the head, and the monastics are uh, the children. And monastics practice according to the monastic discipline, the Vinaya, uh, and practice to make this a beautiful practice. And sometimes living together, there is conflict and arguments, but we practice to offer forgiveness to one another and to respect one another as well, to contemplate that there's no self, there's no me or you to be found. And this is a way to live together as renunciates, as samanas, uh, those who need peacefulness, who want peacefulness. So we practice to be restrained in virtue in the parimoka, the monastic uh, discipline. And for those that are not ordained for lay people living in society, it's the same. Uh, lay people gather together with the quality of virtue. And when people gather together with virtue like this, and this is a kind of society that's uh, desirable to live in, this is a society where people have happiness, they have peace, they don't have conflict. They don't fight over uh, whether it's the flags moving because of the flag or the flags moving because of the wind. Because there's no flag and there's no wind, and in this way problems can reach an end. So we contemplate in this way to give rise to wisdom because these problems simply lead our hearts to unhappiness and sadness. So even if we are correct, and we really think we're correct according to the uh, rules and regulations, if we cling to this, then this will give rise to problems in our heart. So Dhamma practitioners, they practice according to their uh, discipline and rules then they gather together and they can gather with peacefulness. And we gather together and our minds can become cleaner and cleaner. So we practice to have harmony within our group and this is a cause for happiness to arise. As we see that the quality of harmony in a group is a cause for happiness. So as Dhamma practitioners, we've gathered together as a group to chant together, to sit in meditation together, to practice training our minds together, to train our minds to bring them to collectedness. So we walk this noble path to give rise to knowing in our minds, to make our minds cleaner, to gradually reduce the dirtiness of the mind and give rise to cleanliness uh, bit by bit. Because we see when light arises, darkness is dispelled right there. When darkness uh, goes away, then it's the quality of light right there. So we practice to train our minds in this way, and this is an important uh, point in our lives. 
So whether we're in the midst of studying, or we've finished our studies and we're off to work, or we've been working for a long time, or we've retired already, whatever we're doing, all this we train ourselves to do well. We do our duties well. And we practice to train our minds in the present moment. Because we see that the defilements, the kilesas arise in the present. Delusion arises in the present. Clear knowing arises in the present. And Nibbana is right here, is right now. It's not somewhere over there. It's not far away. So we practice to train our hearts and minds to be good, to be firm in the path of virtue, collectedness, and wisdom, to restrain our behavior of body, speech, and mind, uh, to be within the bounds of good conduct. And we train our speech uh, to be proper and within the bounds of virtue, which is an important point. Because sometimes we may have a mood arise in the mind, such as aversion, a dosa. And we practice to restrain ourselves from acting on this mood. And when we restrain ourselves from acting on the mood, and we look at our minds, we really see how hot and agitated the mind is in that moment. So when we practice not following the mood, then we can see clearly in this way. And when we practice not to follow uh, moods like this, this is cutting the stream of the defilements. And cutting off the stream of the defilements is to go the way of the Dhamma. So for Dhamma practitioners, they must have a lot of patient endurance, this quality of kanti. And sometimes this can feel like a lot of suffering, can feel torturous. But the fruits that one receives from this practice are great. So one does the causes in the present, such as patient endurance, and one receives the fruits in the future. So one practices to cut off uh, views and conceit. For example, the, the story of the monk from Wat Nongpapong, who was a smart individual, but he was able to put down his views and conceit. And so when someone's uh, perhaps a teacher or someone intelligent, then they may give rise to views and conceit like this, thinking that oneself is the same uh, worse or better than another. And we, it's natural that we have this views and conceit in the beginning, but we practice to train ourselves to put them down, to train our minds to be like an old cloth. And this old cloth could be a foot wiping cloth or a cloth to wipe things down. And the mind isn't bothered because the mind is humble. And the mind that's humble in this way is ready to receive the Dhamma ready to receive the Dhamma. So we may have moods or sense impressions enter the mind, and we may even be smart and uh, skilled in terms of conflict, but we practice to put it down, to train our minds, to practice meditation, to see the value of patient endurance, to see that it's something of great value. And we practice to uh, let go of the sense of self, to destroy the sense of self that's in conflict. And just like attaching to the flag as the cause of the movement or the 
wind as the cause of the flag moving. These are all uh, causes for the sense of self to arise, for clinging to arise, clinging to me and mine, you and yours. We want things to be even or the same, uh, but people have different views. It's not always even, so this leads to conflict. So therefore we have to cultivate this quality of loving kindness in our hearts to have loving kindness for one another, to have loving kindness for all beings, wish that all beings may be free from suffering, and that we're all companions, we're all friends in old age, sickness, and death, and that in no long time uh, we'll all die. So none of us are here for a long time in this world. We all must die in the end. So when we think along these lines, then we're motivated to practice the Dhamma. And this Dhamma practice is the way to true happiness. It's the way to win over greed, hatred, and delusion in the mind. So may you train your minds in this way to give rise to cleanliness in the mind. And then the mind that's clean can uh, give rise to Buddha in the mind. Because when we see the Dhamma, we see the Buddha. So may you all be intent in this Dhamma practice to keep contemplating, to keep letting go, uh, to realize that it's uh, not me, not mine, not a you or a yours. So contemplate in this way. So may you all grow in Dhamma and grow in blessings.